It's that time again. Time to catch up with family. Time to share that home cooking that you've been craving. And yes, time to update your COVID vaccine. Updated vaccines that protect against the original COVID virus and Omicron. They're here just in time to make those family gatherings safer and extra special. Schedule your free vaccine today. Find updated COVID vaccines for everyone five and over at vaccines.gov. We can do this. Paid for by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Eurasian Americans. I am your host, Jerry Wan, and I am here with Patrick Armstrong. He is our producer and editor of the Eurasian Americans, and we are so excited that you are joining us today. November is an extremely special month uh, for Patrick and for me and for the over 200,000 Asian adoptees that call America home. Uh, The majority of that number is actually from Korea, uh, from where Patrick was born. Uh, And November is National Adoption Awareness Month, or some folks call it National Adoptee Awareness Month. Regardless, it is NAM. And so to help us uh, celebrate NAM in its uh, most wonderful way and for you all to get the history and the context and the stories of adoptees from adoptees themselves, uh, we have a special treat for you. And so, Patrick, what is today's episode? So today's episode is actually our most recent episode of the John Chi Show. Um, it's an episode specifically dedicated to National Adoption or Adoptee Awareness Month. And myself and my co-hosts, Nathan Nowak and KJ Relke, dive into a lot of different things around the topic. So um, it's a really good episode to not only learn more about us, but also to, again, like Jerry said, learn about the history of, of where Adoption Awareness Month came from and to learn kind of our feelings of, about and surrounding the month uh, and, and the celebrations and the reflections itself. And it's also, um, again, a good introduction to what the Johnchi Show is overall, because we don't just tell these stories in November. We tell them literally every week on Wednesdays. So uh, very excited to be able to share this with y'all and appreciate you, Jerry, for giving us the opportunity to, again, amplify and elevate our voices. And for those new to the Asian Americans or just learning about the Chanchi Show, uh, the Chanchi Show was actually an idea that was sparked from having all three hosts, Nathan Nowak, KJ Rocky, and you, Patrick, here on the Asian Americans. Uh, Nathan's on episode 24, KJ's in episode 60, and Patrick is on episode 64. Uh, those episodes were all from the year 2020, and so their lives and their stories have evolved and have blossomed in wonderful ways. But if you do want to hear uh, their earlier journeys, um, please do go back into the vault and listen to 24, 60, and 64. Uh, the Chanchi Show has been going on uh, just like we have for two plus years, very strongly, um, and has built a, and a wonderful and dedicated and passionate audience and fan base, which has uh, turned into many great friendships. And so it's something that we're very proud of here at Just Like Media for uh, sharing stories that are just not broadly Asian American, but specifically in in verticals and niches that are important uh, to many in the community. And so without further ado, here is an episode of The Chanchi Show. by three Korean-American adoptees diving headfirst into what it means to be adopted, Korean, American, and more. And now, here's your hosts, Nathan, Patrick, and KJ. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the John Chi Show. Uh, it's your boys, KJ, Nathan, and Patrick. Patrick just glugging down some water. I didn't on realize that was going to be so just loud. Just ASMR action right there. <laughs> we go ahead and mute that technology. <laughs> Amazing. Um, yeah, this is our first time back doing a regular old solo um, when we're in our more traditional format and also the first time in like a month that we've done a solo because the last time we did this, Patrick was about to go to Korea. Um, and since then, he went to Korea. We had a live show. Life has continued. We talked People about it. People have voted. 
people have voted. Uh, yeah, uh, we probably know the results of that by now. I, I don't know. So. <laughs> <We're, laughs> I don't know. We're recording the day before, so yes. we can't say anything. And you're hearing this, honestly, me bringing it up and be like, oh, yeah, that happened like a week ago. So. Yeah, there's no spoilers. Hopefully the world is uh, okay and not just we've not just descended into chaos. Um, but yeah, how how are you guys? How are you doing? Okay. Yeah, I was gonna say Patrick <clears throat> looks tired. I mean, technically, I know the listeners can't see, but both of your houses are very dark right now. So it's like you know that we're recording this at night. It's dark out. Yeah, it's also we recorded like, with Michelle Lee, and we watched it get slowly darker. <laughs> yeah. darker, darker <laughs> <in her room. laughs> that was hilarious. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm just tired. I just got a lot going on, and uh, this move is taking it out of me. I think in a good sure. way, but it's just like, oh, there's one other thing to be packed, and Do I will say that I probably underestimated movers? the amount of packing that was needed to be done. It seems to be a trend with moving. I think I always underestimate a the boxes, and b the amount of time it takes to actually pack the moving truck. That is also very. Uh, Always uh, <clears throat> not very accurate, I feel. I hired people for that. <clears throat> yeah. I've moved too many times in my life to want to do it again. <laughs> Good luck, then. I, I hope it all works out. I wish I could send you some boxes. Oh, um, we could use them. So, <laughs> yeah. No, I've got boxes, in. but my sister in law needs them. But That's she right. has boxes in her, her boxes. attic. So, if you want random attic boxes are they filled with static things <laughs> no they're totally empty we we're just okay. like what are they doing up here are they broken down or are they no yeah they're up? broken down oh okay mm-hmm. maybe let's talk after the show <laughs> <laughs> that's what that's what we're here you know we're just we're, we're building community <clears throat> we're trying to figure out how we can support each other from distance uh yeah i okay actually now that we're here though i do um happy national well it's National Adoption Awareness Month, or it's National Adoptee Awareness Month, or it's National Adoption Month. Apparently, there's lots of ways to call it. Or international. international. International, yeah. Oh, yeah. Wait, that what? Was a tie. Yeah. <laughs> okay. There's whatever. It's Adoption it's like the Plus Month. AAPI, AANHPI situation. It, it it's is. It's a lot of different acronyms. <laughs> it's starting to feel like we should just add a plus and be like, <laughs> no. I don't know if the queer, queer and trans folk get exclusive privileges to the plus with all of their things but can we just add a plus to this month november yeah. well, i didn't like november know plus? This... subscribe for six dollars november month. plus yeah november <laughs> subscribe for exclusive adoptee content for <laughs> so six dollars a day because i actually didn't month. know that this month was actually uh, initiated by uh, president clinton so as a, back in, in 1998 as an yes. entire month-long event yeah. back in 1998 so that was kind of interesting, but I'm glad, you know, I'm sure it's changed a lot since then, but especially over the last couple of years. I mean, I know we can't really talk about it because we've only really participated in the last couple of years, but I was not participating at eight years old. That is for sure. <laughs> in 1998, you were eight. Yeah, I was five. Oh God, I'm old. <laughs> I was like, look at this. Look I was in college. I was, was in college. If that makes you feel any better. <laughs> it does. Uh, it does. Yeah. <clears throat> <laughs> ah, it's okay. Moving on. I feel like last time, the last two years, we kind of really ran into it. Uh, came in celebrating hard. I think this month. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, this month. I feel like last year for sure. I don't. Know, I'm not sure about year one, but this year I feel like we're just kind of we're getting to it when we get to it. And that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> this year, yeah, life is just like particularly busy, and it's funny too because like. I don't know. The first year it was like right after it was like two months after we started the show. So I feel like we were, true. you were definitely, I think more aware of it, Patrick, than either of us were, but I just feel like it was like very, uh, Oh yeah, we got to do this. And I was like, yeah. And we're going to do like, I don't know, whatever. It was very like adoptee focused. And then the next year, Nathan, you did it. And then this year I was like, maybe I'll do it. I, I'm not. You did one thing. That. So yeah, you did. Um, you have a second thing coming out. I do. Yes, I have a single dropping Ooh. in three days. So mm. unless I forgot the date, the release date. But <laughs> is there anything you can? Uh, yeah, well, I guess give us a preview. Give us yeah, a preview. Yeah, so actually, because by the time actually, it releases, it's already going to be out. So that's no, true. Um, oh wait, no, that's not true. Yeah, what? three days from when this episode is out, right? Yes. Yes. Oh, okay. So for everyone listening, uh, I will. 
I'll, I'll write this up too, but I'm actually, I'm really excited about this song because uh, it's called Weary. The whole idea is like with as much as I have gone through and I can safely say the three of us have gone through in the past two years with our identities, with this journey, with thinking through who we are and all that kind of stuff. Like it's exhausting. Uh, it's exhausting to have to continually update your mental model of who you are. It's exhausting to continually have to update your mental model of like how you relate to people, how you relate to like your loved ones, how you relate to new people, like all of those things. And, uh, so I just wrote the song. I was like, guys, I'm, I'm tired. Uh, and I wish, I wish I didn't have to keep doing this. I wish I didn't have to like, cause I know that the change never stops. And I know that like, it's important and good for me to keep doing this stuff. But, uh, also I just want to voice that it's exhausting work, uh, and it's tiring work. So that's kind of the, the heart and soul of the song. Did you write it recently? Is this based on recent stuff or has it been like something you've been kind of working to? Like, um, yeah, so I wrote this, I think I first probably penned it in 21, um, in the probably maybe actually right about a year ago. Mm. Um, and so I like, I had just moved to Dallas and just gotten settled in my apartment and it was deep in my feels and it was, technically autumn but it was very hot still and you know like all this kind of stuff so uh and then i just like got to work the music and every time i felt like i've got these sections and i like these ideas and this one section kind of comes out of the blue and i was like what like that doesn't feel right and so i kind of finesse that down so and then i just sat on it because i think by the time i really got it to a place where i was happy with it it didn't feel right to release and so mm -hmm. i think coming back to this moment it's similar it's different um like the the world has revolved around the sun once more uh but it's not exactly the same point in time and space you know um yeah. so it still resonates with me which i think is actually really exciting that i, I do get to release this and a year on from my own creation be like yeah this feels good um so i'm really excited to share it with the world i'm excited to share it with everyone uh, and i'm really grateful for my collaborators uh specifically stephanie hassey from springfield um, being able to collaborate remotely. Um, she played some of the keys for it and things. And just like, again, just that like digital community. I mean, we were friends in person, obviously when we lived in the same town, but uh, like, yeah, just being able to stay connected with the internet and to continue to build these relationships and things and, uh, and collaborate and be creative. Um, it's been real fun. So. I'm cool. excited to hear it. Yeah. That'll be neat. But, and uh, Patrick, I know you, you've, been posting a few things though you said for nam you haven't really like last year you weren't as active or i feel like you're more active this year um uh, well i'm currently i've been participating in this uh well since there's been a hundred days left in 2022 i've been participating in this linkedin thing where i post every day to try okay. and post once a day and it's like an accountability thing with a group of people hmm. Um, and it just so happens November falls at the end of the month in the last hundred days of the, of the year, if you can believe that. And what <laughs> I said end of the month, but I meant end of the year. So I just moved <laughs> to like, the end of the year. That's fine. Sure. I transitioned the, the metaphor to be correct. Um, you, you, you trans yeah, transitioned the statement to be yeah. <laughs> an accurate statement. He's tired. He's, yeah, he's busy tired. moving. Um, what was the question? Uh, no. Yeah. I've just been. I feel like I've been digging a little bit deeper this year, I think. I think last year I was still scraping, scratching the surface, I think. Um, it was obviously pre-acceptance, like still working through reclamation. And like coming to this month now in this version of acceptance, especially post-Korea uh, mm -hmm, and yeah. having, you know, went a little bit further as I talked about in the live show, uh, has just led me to... I don't know, just, uh, I, I don't, yeah, I'll, I'll say, I'll leave it at dig deeper, I think, just trying to touch on some stuff that I either don't talk about enough or stuff that I feel like is really important that we should be talking about, and mm -hmm. then just the ever so often dabblings of what I'm doing out in the world, whether it's speaking um, at a college to some students or to adoptive parents, uh, which I got to do, which was really cool to do in November. Um, I don't know. It's just been, it just felt like it hasn't, I haven't had a lapse in content, I guess I should say, or, or inspiration to write mm -hmm. about this year. 
um, okay. as maybe last year I did. Well, and you've like, you've got that discipline too, you know, like, and I think like the first, I'm sure, you know, it'll hit its moment of like, this is a real slog, but like the discipline of writing, like that's the thing that I struggle with is like, cause it's not a rhythm for me is so I have mm. to like really choose to create that time and really like put forth that energy. And so like, I think anyone who creates content on the daily, it really is a discipline even if you don't think it is, even if it's like, sure. well, I really enjoy it or whatever, but like, it's true. It's a discipline and a choice to, to set that time out, to put things into the world and whatever, you know? And I think once you do it regularly, then you like kind of let the, the subroutines take over and like you, right. it becomes habitual and it's a little bit easier maybe to dig deeper or just to like, just to put, to, to, to do the thing, you know? So, yeah, I think having done written once a day for 30 days prior, really, mm-hmm. like you said, set those habits in, in motion. And, uh, I don't know. I just, just prepped me and primed me for November to really dig into the wellspring and shoot out the water of knowledge. I guess. Nice. I don't know. Well, Patrick, it's definitely deeper. Faithful. <laughs> I, well, I noticed it's deeper and instantly you notice that too, because your every profile photo is this. Yeah, I don't know what that. I don't know what's yeah. up with that. For the listeners, I don't know if that's he's my that, look. It's, it's uh, the finger gun beneath. It the is chin. the finger gun. I'm thinking, thinking very look, deeply about the this question and statement. I don't know. Yeah, and some of them, it's like <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what. I, honestly, I'm going to write about that at some point. I know yeah. for sure because I think for a long time I didn't like the way I looked, and mm-hmm. I wouldn't like to post pictures of myself, mm-hmm. um, and. Uh, I don't know. I, I was thinking about that the other day. I was looking at my profile and I was like, dude, there's a lot of pictures of yourself on here now. It's like you never used to do that. And I'm like, well, maybe I think that's again, that, uh, self-acceptance, like, so yeah. come like comes with confidence and, um, you know, I think being okay with all of that. So like, I guess, so yeah, it's been, it's been, it's been fine. <laughs> was the, has the not liking how you looked, was that a part of your, like, Asianness specifically or is it like a I don't know what to do with my face in photos uh I think probably both you know I think okay. it has to do with a little <laughs> bit of shyness for sure of like yeah. not knowing how to socially be in a photo like candidly and then yeah definitely <laughs> part of that uh just dislike of my own ethnicity you know growing yeah. up um and so yeah hmm, that's a good bad. answer I gave I think <laughs> yeah I'm all over the place tonight. Sorry, boys. You're doing great. I know you're struggling and you're doing great. Like for the listeners at home, every time Patrick is not talking and even when Patrick is talking, his eyes are closed. So, (laughs) well, I think that, well, here's the thing. I think that another thing that's been allowing me to like write, not better, but just differently has been that all of my, I think, energy has been so intensely focused on this. I just talked about how we've not done this in a, for a month. Yeah. And at the end of the day, I can think about, I've, you know, I maybe sat down and recorded once or twice in that time with Jerry for Dear Asian Americans. And then we just haven't, like, I literally have feel like I've had no time. I know I've rescheduled with you guys multiple times. And it just feels like, I don't know, I think that all of that energy has went to just the writing portion. And like I'm pouring it all out there, and now I'm getting back on the mic, and I'm like, "Yep." <laughs> I was well, just like, "I'm like, uh huh." So I apologize. We'll get into it though. It's only 14 minutes, so <laughs> I'm, I'm getting my brain going. I get my no, brain going. Honestly, the, the writing you could do in your sleep is better than the writing I could do for weeks. So That's not I true. That's not true. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, that was yeah. Where's the self-love, Nathan? <laughs> no, Come on, no, man. No. That's not true. Some people are good at writing. Some people are not. I know I am not. But, <laughs> You're good uh, at I cooking. Did, <clears throat> I'm good at cooking. I did do a little writing. It wasn't much. It was for, it was for uh, um, Cosette and Zoe's uh, page. They, uh, oh, yeah. Um, I saw your thing pop up on there. Yeah, so I thought that was... Uh, you wrote, oh, you, man, we <laughs> you made a couple posts, that. didn't you? Yeah, well, it was, so it was navigating. So their Instagram is navigating adoption, and they just asked for submissions on... Stuff, and I just thought I'd write a little thing about the month and about uh, how I want to make sure I'm feeling like I'm doing enough um, because sometimes I don't feel like I, I, you know, I, I just didn't want to feel like I have to be pressured to do too much or too little. Mm. And I think other people probably feel that as well. Oh, so you do you mean like when you say you want to 
uh, you want to feel like you're doing enough. Like you want to feel satisfied with however much you're doing. Not yes. like I see. Yeah. yeah that sometimes level I, of acceptance. Exactly. Like, like yeah. self acceptance of, am I doing enough? I mean, because I know so many people are doing a lot more. Um, and, uh, it's just, you know, especially since we see all of that being on the show and interviewing people and, you know, we see, I mean, we see Jerry sitting there talking with, uh, Kamala Harris. We see, you know, uh, Patrick running off to multiple Patrick locations. With his finger gun beneath his, his finger chin. Finger gun quotes. Yeah. I mean, yeah. there's a lot, <laughs> lot going on. So I try not to compare myself because I know, you know, I got a busy life and I think a lot of people are the same way. I mean, they may see a, you know, a million posts that so they might feel pressured to have to do something, but you know, I tried to just make sure that everyone knows that they don't have to do stuff. That's, yeah. That's, yeah. I think that's a big fear or maybe not a fear, but I think that's a feeling that I've been seeing permeate through the community. I've seen a lot of posts that are like, encourage you to do it at your own pace. Yeah. And then on the other side, not that they're telling you you have to do this, but it's like, here's the bingo card and here's the um, 30 <laughs> days of prompts. Yeah. And then here's well, 30 like, days of questions. Yeah. And then, with my words, do what you will with right. my actions. I'm going to do everything. And you're like, well, well yeah. It just feels like you can, like you said, the pressure of being like, which one am I should be, I be doing if I'm not doing this one and I'm doing this one, is somebody going to be mad? Like mm-hmm. that kind of sucks. <laughs> you know, it kind of takes the fun out of, or not that the month should be fun, but it takes away, <laughs> I think from what the month is should be anyways. And like you said, you know, it's coming to this in your own time and maybe all you do is lurk and mm-hmm. you just yeah. learn and read and listen. And yeah. So I think that's a real pressure that a lot of people are feeling. And yeah, want to echo that as well. Like it's all good. If you do nothing, mm-hmm. take a book, play, take a play out of KJ's book, just <laughs> one post, yep. get out of here. That's so I fun. literally, yeah. So I, <laughs> I, I, make a song I wrote and this later. and then yeah, <laughs> yeah make a song and a release song. it a that's year easy. later. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just sit on it for forever. Uh, I, I wrote that post on, uh, on Nam, Nam, whatever. And, uh, on this month, <laughs> And like, I've, I had to remember like what my statement of intent was. Uh, so it was like in direct relation to Mindy Sona's choice, mm-hmm. 30 days of prompts. And I just said, I will not be writing 30 days of posts. Like, yeah, I, yeah. First and I won't be doing it in order. <laughs> yeah, I will not go in order. I will not write about everything. But I think the most, like the two that were most important for me, like the, the other ones are for kind of like other people because I was like, let mm-hmm. me just like set the bar really low. Like if sure. you get even one more post out of me, that's a, a home run. Right. Um, you, get a, the, you get a certificate. Yeah, that's I a bonus. KJ to write two posts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> more <laughs> than the, one the last two, I think, were important for me, Nathan, in a similar way that you were saying about like feeling like however much I do is fine, is uh, I wrote, I will not be disappointed in myself if this is the only article I write. Uh, and... I will not back down from centering myself in the context of these articles as insofar as they are self-centered. And I think that that's important too. like being able to um, center yourself in your own story. I think as adoptees is something that we, that's a skill that we have to work extra hard at. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's actually probably, I do plan on writing another thing probably in conjunction with my song. So Going on record, there's at least one more post Ooh. coming. Um, but I, th- I think it is like it's important to say like I think we as like as a adoptees, unless we're in a particular um, career path or hobby trajectory, you know, whatever, where um, you practice the art of centering yourself and like centering yourself in your own story, like adoptees kind of start at a disadvantage with doing that. And it can create some cognitive dissonance to say like, this is my story and this is what I'm going to say. I'm sorry if that particular phrase triggered any Christians into a hymn. I definitely just like went there and got distracted with my own phrasing. But um, I think it's important to be able to to do that and do that unapologetically, Mm -hmm. you know, Uh, because I think that is a part of finding our voice. And I think that is a part of us like loving ourselves. And I think like ultimately – I think the thing that I hear time and time again is adoptees need to learn how to love themselves, but also like learning to love yourself starts with like focusing on yourself. Like there are very, I don't know that there's anything, any type of love that occurs or that can occur if you're not like, if that thing is not at some point the object of your attention. 
Right. And I think because we have so much trauma and so much grief and so much, you know, whatever, just in our past, whether we realize it or not, it, be, it then becomes hard to focus on ourselves because when we focus on ourselves, we see all of that, you know, it, like there's a whole long list of things, you know? So Patrick, like you were saying earlier, like I didn't like looking at myself in pictures. I didn't like looking at myself in a mirror, partially because of like shy, what do I do with my body? But also partially because of like some self hate and mm-hmm. some self loathing. Um, I totally feel that. And, uh, and I'm like, for me, the next phase of that is like, can I take pictures of myself where I don't just choose to act goofy? Because even like when I choose to act goofy, Mm -hmm. I'm like, well, I'm choosing to act goofy. So if someone comes at me and says like, Hey, you look goofy. Then you're like, well, yeah, but I chose that. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You know what I mean? But like, actually, can I take photos of myself that I am proud of? And it's not like me and Sarah and it's not like Mm -hmm. me doing a thing. It's just actually just like, me you know what i mean that kind of thing so yeah i think it's i think you hit it on the head honestly that it's just so important for us to be able to center ourselves because at the end of the day like the best way you can show up for other people in the community or just other people in your lives is by taking care of yourself first you're not going to be able to show up in the best way possible if you can't show up for yourself in that same way and i think especially for adoptees you know it goes all the way back to all of that trauma, all of that being reinforced by either our families or our communities, whether well-intentioned or not, mm-hmm. you know, just over and over again, making it feel like, you know, either it's our fault or not good enough or whatever the case might be in order to feel like, um, in order, it just takes us out of feeling like we can do things for ourselves. Essentially, that's what I was trying to say. It's like, it makes us feel like we have to do everything for others. I think that's why empathy is such a, big trait or common trait within mm-hmm. our community. And um, unfortunately, it's hard for us, like you said, to turn that inward. And so mm-hmm. if we can do that, you know, then not only are we able to be the best versions of ourselves, or at least find our way towards that, we can then show up and be the best version of ourselves in the community and do greater things together. Yeah, I wonder also if any of it has to do with the assimilation that we kind of went through as as kids and as youth trying to not stand out trying to fit in and be like everyone else we didn't voice our opinions we didn't we weren't loud we weren't you know um telling our stories and i think now with all the changes that have happened i think more people are seeing that uh, that no they need to be loud we need to be voiced you know have our voice heard and so uh yeah it's it's not really i mean we can still assimilate i being you know friendly in the society and the community and doing all that other stuff. But I'm, you know, I think we need to also stand out in our own selves and our own uh, personalities. Well, that definitely is a piece of it. Uh, the assimilation part, because you put on a performance. I just wrote about this and had a conversation with it about this with a friend of mine who's also an adoptee. He's black domestic, but transracial adoptee. And we were just talking about how, like I went to Korea and where he just moved to, we could, we could be, and just exist and like, and not put on the performance of like trying to fit in or trying to be not yourself, essentially Mm -hmm. that you do for so long that you don't realize that you are doing. And then like, for me in Korea, it was just like, it just at one point just clicked. I'm like, Oh, I'm not acting the way that I feel like I always do. And it was like, for the first time I realized, Oh, that performance, I stopped (laughs) performing. Mm-hmm. And yeah. even going through reclamation, even going finding acceptance, self acceptance, I was still still be doing that to a certain degree. And I know that I do when I go out and do certain things or hang out with old friends or things like that. But yeah, because we are because we were either told in position to assimilate or because we did that because it was the only way we could see to survive mm-hmm. our surroundings or make do with what we're, where we were and our circumstances. Um, you know, it forces us to, I, I, I described it as like wearing masks and maybe that is the, a, a case or it is at that to a certain degree. But I think at the end of the day, it's more of a performance, not necessarily a mask per se, but it's a whole persona that you wear. That's not necessarily you. It's just who you feel like you have to be. But yeah. I mean, I think that that's like, that is the the performative nature of code switching. I I mean, it makes me think of like Japanese kabuki theater. Not that I have done any research on this, but like as a um, other, I think other early forms of theater, like in order to like change characters, they would literally have masks. You know what I mean? Like that that mm-hmm. is like the then they become 
more subtle ways of acting and more subtle ways of cluing in the cluing in the audience to like, hey, I'm actually coded this way. And so you're able to like suspend this disbelief and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And yeah, I think especially when you, Nathan, to your point, like when you're given the narrative so often of like, well, this is how you are and this is your story and whatever, then like it doesn't leave any room for you to find your voice because you're so busy especially when you're young and you're developing, like if you're like a baby adoptee or a younger adoptee, um, then it's like you, you only have that story. And so you're like, I don't know. I mean, like my parents know everything, I guess. Uh, so until you get to the level in your brain development that you can begin to question those things and you're just like, I don't know, this is just the mold I have to fit into and you know, whatever. And, um, my wife had to, the opportunity to meet another um korean adoptee uh while she was working um and she was just like commenting on how the way he spoke about himself and is like in the family dynamics because he's like i don't know like maybe 11 or something like but being married to me having been a part of my journey and listening to the show and all that kind of stuff and then meeting this young korean adoptee she was just like it was just so wild because i was like on the one hand, I hear him saying all the things that you talk about in past tense. And on the other hand, I'm like, is he going to go through what we, the Janshi boys <laughs> are going through, mm -hmm. you know, have gone through what so many other adoptees, transracial, domestic, whatever have go through to some extent, you know? So yeah, it's just a, just a wild, wild time. I think to that though, that's just made me think of something like, I think why it's so important that we have these conversations to either adoptive parents or prospective adoptive parents, because, you know, I think we've talked about this on the show before, but like, if we were to mentor younger adoptees or like just come across them in the wild, like, what do you say? Like, like, it's like, I want to be like, hey, <laughs> you hey be like, you're hey, set dude, up for failure you, potentially. Uh, <laughs> like, you feel that trauma yet? No, so like, in trauma? 10 years, maybe. All these things that you're thinking, you know, you're going to definitely deal with them uh, in a little bit. And then, but it's like, you don't want to, like, I don't know. Like, yeah, we, you don't want to be the one to, to put people into right. that cognitive. And, and again, yeah. I think our whole thing is like adoptees, you know, are going to come to this at their own time. We just talked about it for Nam. Like, you're going to do what you want to do when you want to do it. And that's okay, too. Um, but like when we when I was just doing this uh, last event and that was all adoptive parents, like I did feel like it was it felt good to do that because I did feel like we were just trying to show different perspectives of what an adoptee can become or yeah. would go through and then an aftermath or an outcome of that experience and then really impressing upon them like, but this is one experience, you know? And I think that as much as adoptees, we can talk to other adoptees and be like, hey, prep them per se for the great awakening or coming out of the fog. Like it's almost, I think, more important for how the system's set up now to be able to reach those adoptive parents, those people outside of that community who can, who are like, Oh, I need to recognize these signs so I can be prepared to support them in whatever way I need to be there for them. So did any of the parents push back any like, Oh no, that's not going to happen to me because of this or that, or, or are they all pretty receptive of everything that uh, everyone was saying? No, I mean, it seemed pretty receptive. I think the biggest, so being there virtually and they're all in there in person, like it's hard mm -hmm. to read like an audience yeah. reaction, you know? Yeah. Um, so I can't say specifically, I mean, we got good feedback afterwards too, from the students who are hosting the event, but no, no pushback. Um, I thought they asked some really thoughtful questions and some that are pretty obvious, but the one that I liked the most was just what would I, what if I could go back to my, when I was 13 and talk to my parents at that time, what would I tell them to do that was, I didn't have before, essentially, what would I have them do differently? Ooh. And I thought it was a really good question because at the end, and my answer at the end of the day was provide opportunity to engage with culture specifically, but also be actively participating in that engagement as well. Like yeah. showing interest and being willing to do that. Because what, and it like, you could have given me all the opportunities and I may still have denied them. And then sure. like, no, I don't want to do that. But like, I didn't even have the opportunity. I didn't even know the opportunity existed. 
Mm-hmm. So I think that was that was I was glad that question was asked and I was able to respond in that way because I think that's really important is like you have to provide the opportunities at the very least. And if they don't take the opportunities, okay, like work, you'll work through it as you go along. And yeah, but that's, it was you gotta be like, you gotta at least provide them the opportunity because it's the bare minimum, I think that you can do. And then from there, you can just grow and build because you just walk through that path together. Yeah. Nathan, what yeah. would you say to your parents when you were 13? I mean, that's <clears throat> all of what Patrick just said. I think that's a very good answer. I mean, again, I didn't know that there were camps in, in Tulsa, um, and my parents, I don't think knew that there were camps. And if they had known, you know, again, like you said, I might've just said, no, I'm not interested right. because I wasn't, I wasn't interested in the, you know, uh, Asian Pacific Islander club at, in Colorado state and college even. So, um, you know, even though I might not have fit in there, but, uh, um, back in the day, I might not have felt like I would have fit into that either. So, cause I was trying to not stand out. I was trying to, you know, kind of be something other than what I was. Um, but who knows? Maybe it, enough um, of them asking me eventually would have gotten me to do it. I mean, because I went to other camps, I went to other events, and I, mm-hmm. I love to socialize. I love to hang out with people and meet new people. So I wasn't, I wasn't an introvert. I wasn't going to be, you know, I probably wouldn't have shied away from it. But uh, yeah, it would have been nice to know that there was that opportunity to meet some other, uh, um, you know, not just you know Korean Americans, but some you know Korean adoptees as well. So. Well, I think the context of time too, like, obviously, I don't think any of our parents probably were told by the agencies to do anything other than assimilate. I know that my parents weren't, I have the literature that basically states those things, um, you know, like those propagandaist type of adoption agency literature that you'll see on just in random books and whatnot. But, um, you know, when they're told that you should go the other way, you know, obviously that's what they're going to do. Why would they think any differently? And so there's a, there's the, not only the time context, but the systemic issue as well. Like as much as we can say to provide them the opportunities, you know, if we, if people are making it, if, if governments are making it harder to find those type of educational resources and things like that, you know, it, it's, there's other issues at play. And so the best we can do is give advice. And then on the, on the other side of it, working together and as hard as we can to try and affect the system in a way that allows those opportunities to actually exist. And I never gave my parents any clue that anything was wrong either. hundred percent. I, mean, I, I was very just doing my thing, playing sports, you know. Yeah, there was never anything that said, hey, maybe you should look into, you know, this because you might be, you know, I appear sad or depressed or something like that there was never something that gave them any hints so i i definitely but don't did blame you them feel that though <clears throat> at times i would say i mean but who knows what what that was from i mean you're, you're a teenager you're trying to you know belong in high school you might have been beat up or got into a fight but was it racially motivated yes no maybe i mean i do remember sometimes that that were racially motivated you know fights that i had and spe- specifically in boy scouts I had a couple instances where, um, you know, I was called racial names and, and, uh, um, and so I'm sure they were there, but I probably glossed over them and just ignored them. And well, when uh, people tell you too, like, well, you probably just took that the wrong way or they didn't mean it in, in that way. They were just joking, you know, like that too like will set your mindset to think okay i'm the problem or or not even that but like when you're that young it'll be like well you should just they said sorry you say i forgive you and then move on and there's no but there's actually no training of like actually if this becomes a pattern of behavior stop forgiving the person like it is no longer on you to forgive that person like that's their apology is meaning like you know what i mean like there's there's that whole yeah feel like it's that's changing too though in more recent years that a lot more um awareness of things like that are becoming public and people are speaking up even in high school and in, in you know about bullying or seeing other people get bullied or uh, have racial you know instances or microaggressions and stuff i think people are speaking up more now which i think is great um but yeah back then i don't think it was the focus yeah so um, for me, I really love this question. I think it's really good. The first, like literally the first thing I thought of what would you tell your parents when you were 13 was put me in therapy. Um, mm. 
that was, I think, one of the darkest moments in my life was middle school, like specifically uh, fifth and sixth grade, really fifth through ninth grade was a a hard ass time. And, uh, and I had like, like just, I just, it was just a hard time. And um, some of the things that I would think about still stay with me mm. uh, just as moments of like, God, I was in a dark place. And, um, and I don't think I like, knew that I could say I was thinking about these things. I don't think I knew that I could express them. Cause I mean, like generally in 2022 mental health is more widely talked about. So Mm -hmm. like already the progression of the progression of time and of society is helping things. But like for (laughs) me in the early two thousands, like, yeah, I would have said, put me in therapy. Uh, cause I, like my parents did a really great job and I've talked about this before. They've done, they had done a really great job, like helping me celebrate Korea and being Korean. Um, but like for me as a reaction to my own life, like the things that were missing, I think were therapy and like the language to express myself. And, uh, like, I think like, I don't know. I know that this is a thing that all parents and all people responsible for raising young people, like this is a tension that we wrestle with as like, well, how do you like make a safe space? How do you mm-hmm. like teach a child? It is okay. It is right. And good to express these kinds of things. Like, I know that that's just a hard thing. Um, but like, yeah, so therapy would have helped, but also for me, because I like, I did have that celebration of Korean culture. Um, I wish also that I had had more intersectional, education you know like asian american history Mm -hmm. and like black american history and you know all those kinds of things just like and an an ability to think that way and consider like hey dude not only are you korean not only are you disabled also you are asian american uh and that means things and that to be fair i think that meant less in the early 2000s or it certainly meant differently than it does now, you know, post COVID and, and those kinds of things. And so, uh, yeah, I, cause like that was always the bit that I felt was missing was like, I need specifically Asian American community, not just Asian community, like immigrant community, not just like international community, like, well, we're all people of the world kind of stuff, but specifically like that kind of thing. So, but yeah, therapy was the one that, that really jumped out to me. Um, Cause it's hard. I mean, I think you can do all things right. And Patrick, you haven't listened to this episode yet, but uh, with Shanae, we were talking about in our last episode, we were talking about how like she had to be careful how she would talk about adoption. Mm. Cause like she would speak to it from her own perspective. And some of the people, some of the kids that she was with are adopted and they'd be like, Oh, I don't feel that. Like, and actually like sure. parents are doing better and they are listening. And so like the things that our community have, has done have helped, which is really wonderful. And I am excited to continue to push that forward. And so there is kind of like a, we have to be careful how we talk about things and we can't just assume all the, you know, kinds of things or whatever. So um, there's more resources now. I mean, there's also, you know, age, we're not ageist, I know, but there are, we're age aware, (laughs) age aware. And there are different resources at different, uh, two different adoptees and the way they were raised and where they were raised um, you know, the internet was not around when I was being raised. So things like that, I didn't have any resources other than the library. And so uh, now I think there are more, you know, there's podcasts, there's books, there's TV shows. I mean, there's Patrick Armstrong going there's, places. There's and Patrick in the world. So yeah. Jack, yeah I get, oh, go better ahead. Stuff. No, I'm just saying it's good. I, you know? Yeah. I think that, um, it's important for us right now to be modeling, to younger adoptees that when we talk about our own experiences, we're talking about our own experiences and not Mm -hmm. like speaking for the community or trying to speak for even a sect of the community. You know, at the end of the day, we can have similar themes. I think that's a repeated mantra of mine, but all of our experiences are are very different. And um, I share your joy and your hope and your excitement for younger kids who are already having these conversations, because that's something I've really been thinking about a lot lately. Um, especially with some of the people who are in our Indiana group, uh, some of the younger adoptees who like 
or 19, 20 and having these conversations with their parents. And I think that, you know, what we're doing right now is super important because I think we came up with a lot of other adoptees who kind of awoke at the same time and we're all sharing and, you know, we're creating, we're creating more counter narratives. We're creating more different, different communities and more nuanced community. And we're sharing those conversations with ourselves, and we're starting to hit knock, really knocking the doors of people outside of our community and for changing their minds, which is what's really going to create the changes we want to see. And while we are knocking on those doors, it's those kids 10 years younger than us, 15 years younger than us who are going to knock the doors down and be having those conversations, making that change. And so while it is a ways off, I am very encouraged that it's very possible for that to happen sooner, sooner rather than later. And so that does make me very excited as well. Just hearing younger kids be like, oh, yeah, I've been talking about my identity to my parents all the time. And I'm like, what? (laughs) I was like, (laughs) I'm like, that's awesome. I didn't even know what the word identity meant when I was your age. This is amazing. So, yeah, yeah, gets gets me very hype to see the young folks out here having these conversations and talking about it more intelligently than I. So very exciting. Yeah. End of show. (laughs) End of speech. Um, Well, okay. I I did want to, I wanted to transition. It's, it is related and and adjacent to what we're talking about because I realized in the midst of recording our live show, how difficult what we do is and how I don't think I could do this if it had to be a like live in front of the studio audience or whatever, like a week in and a week out. And I think we really benefit from the medium of podcasting because it is a really, uh, it's a, a really vulnerable look and an opportunity to be the fly on the wall in some of the conversations that we're having. Um, cause I can imagine like if, if the three of us, met and lived near each other this is like just conversations we'd be having in our living room Mm -hmm. over some type of alcohol maybe soju probably just like bud light or (laughs) whatever um you know but like and there and and these conversations are important and when we were doing the live shows especially in the morning when my family was there um and my friends were there and i was like well, um, let me be clear. When specifically white people were there, I was like, oh man, this actually changes how I think about what we're doing in mm-hmm. the moment. And I was like, mm-hmm. and I felt myself getting away from kind of what we do as a show because I was like, no, but there, there are white people here. Right, <laughs> hold like, back a little yeah, bit. Not, yes, hold back, but also like shift the focus towards mm-hmm. like, hey, you actually need to hear this. And yet at the same time, like the tightrope of what we were doing. And um, yeah. And I said this at the, I said this at the end of our live show and I want to reiterate this. Um, I really appreciate being able to hold this space and share these conversations with the two of you. And it wasn't until our second live show. uh, Maybe it's because it's in my hometown. Maybe, maybe it's because our second, I don't know. Um, but it wasn't until that moment that I realized, I think, how much of ourselves we give to this show uh, and how much vulnerability we put out on the show. Um, and it, in in keeping with the idea of being able to center myself in my story, it really means the world to me. And I feel very honored to be able to do this with the two of you uh, because it's just like... I don't know. It's a lot. And I don't think I, in a, in the whole conception of the show, I never realized what we do. And I think our listeners get it more even than I did. Um, so thank you for doing this with me. Thank you listeners for doing this with us and uh, for being so gracious and help entering, having us in your kitchens and your laundry rooms and your drives and maybe your mowing the lawn. I don't know. It seems a little loud, but you, you do you. Um, Noise canceling headphones. Yeah. That's it what I'm works. saying, man. Um, but yeah, I thank you for allowing us to hold space for each other and for entering, allowing us into your space. Agreed. And thank you for saying that. And yes. I agree with what you said. And 
I was getting a little emotional when you're talking about it. I was like, man, you're making me feel <laughs> all kinds of my feelings. All kinds I don't know what warms. the fuck I'm saying. <laughs> He's all warm and fuzzy. Uh, <clears throat> I, I agree. I didn't really think when we started the show that I would get as much out of this as I have gotten. I, I, I think I did think... <laughs> Remember the time when you were like, what are even our podcasts? Do people even yeah, listen to podcasts? I, yeah. I mean, I thought we were doing this, you know, because I mean, we did. We talked about doing this for other people, other listeners. We were happy if one out of a hundred people got something out of it, you know, and, and we at the same and now time... now tens did, out of a hundred. Yeah, tens of people. But we did talk about ourselves a little bit at the time and we refocused a little bit, started doing more solos um, where we were exploring our own thoughts and, and stuff as well. And I think... All of the stuff that we have done has has helped, um, and yeah, it's it's definitely. I appreciate everything you said, and I appreciate everything you guys have done as well. So, thank you back to you as well. So, yeah, and I mean, if we don't do the show, I don't do literally even a tenth of the things that I'm currently involved in. So, probably don't even work at the job that I work at because yeah. you know this show has been pivotal in my entire journey of reclamation and acceptance and um yeah i mean it is it is a huge privilege and honor to be able to do this uh, i was gonna say every week but sometimes you know we just take a little <laughs> we take some breaks even though it seems like we're coming out every week i was um, like yeah from the listener's perspective it feels yeah. like every week hopefully from our perspective it's like every month maybe we still talk know. every week so <laughs> yeah, it's okay. but we do try and figure out what days we can record and it's you know it's gotten more hectic and it's yeah. only gotten more hectic because of the show and because of the the success that I feel that we've had um, not only what we set out to do originally, which was to tell our stories, but then very quickly telling other people's stories. And not only that, but having people actively be like, Hey, can I come on your show and talk about this? And then say, Oh, I've never told anybody this before. And like, yeah, you know, that's what I've realized over the course of the show. And which is gone further into my own personal work is just how privileged we are when somebody gives us any bit of their story, the mm-hmm. fact that somebody fills the guest form out uh-huh. and will write answers minus Dan Matthews about deeply <laughs> personal, <laughs> about deeply personal things. Um, and it's just like, it, ba- it blows my mind every single time I read a form or just as soon as we sit down to interview somebody and they just start talking and I'm just like, wow, like what a, what an honor for you to just have shared that with us. And then trust us to be able to put that out in a in a thoughtful, meaningful, mindful way. And you know, I think hopefully we've done that for a hundred and ten episodes now. And, and hopefully we, we made you laugh along the way. Yeah. No, we I have hope a lot we've of guests coming up. Made you serious. Whoa! Thank you for everyone who has <laughs> filled it out. We will get yes. to you as soon as we can. Um, yeah, and here's our interview with. <laughs> yeah. Oh my! And this is what if this was the intro. <laughs> this was the intro. <laughs> That would be amazing, actually. <laughs> that would be ridiculous. Well, I wouldn't be mad. <laughs> I would. Well, hey, we do have some snacks to get to, though. Okay, I was going to say, are we doing a snack? Get snacky? to it. Snack do time. Snack time. <laughs> Welcome back to the John G Show. Eating a food portion. <laughs> eating a food portion. Eating a food eating portion. A or food squeezing portion. a food squeezing portion. Squeezing a food, yeah. Squeezing then eating. This is the portion of the show where we eat or drink something. We didn't actually, uh, by the way, explain what John G meant in the intro. In the God last dang it. Freaking. <laughs> I just remembered that, but that's okay. This no, is the part where we eat. Explain it. Explain it in part two of the episode. Exactly. We made it this far. You deserve to um, know. John Chi means to feast, and so that's what we're going to do right now. We're going to <laughs> feast. See how that works? Today we're eating a crown candy, um, and it has a picture of a pear, and I thought was ginger, um, but I have now translated it, and it's balloon flower. So Balloon flower. More, yeah, it looked like, I don't know, I, I thought it was ginger. I mean, it looks like ginger, right? Kind of? yeah. Like, I mean, it looks it, like a root. It looks like a squid. I thought it was a squid. Yeah. And then when you said ginger, I was like, oh, yeah, that's clearly a root. I mean, it's, a, it's clearly a root. I mean, oh, it could have been ginseng, like could have been ginger. I don't know. But it says it's balloon flower, and I cannot find anything about balloon flower, so I have no clue what it is. Um, 
How do I open this? Cure cancer, like the burdock root tea that we drink. Yeah. So yeah, there's a little thing that says "open" here at the top, and it's a candy, and then you just does it tear? Okay. Too. Oh. Yeah. Okay. That part right there says "squeeze." Yeah, I was gonna say the hango is bedoraji yanggeng, and then on the right side it says chamoknun, and on the very bottom it says push. What? (laughs) Look at the very very bottom. It says push here. Little arrow. Tiny. Yeah. Okay. I don't know what here. made me just think of this, but I got my hair cut today by the Ajuma who cuts my hair. And nice. I finally worked up the courage to ask if the pictures hanging up were her granddaughters. She says, yes. And then she points to, they're like infants in these pictures, sort of babies. She points to pictures behind them. They're like, she's like, oh, they're big now. She goes, I don't like them anymore. <laughs> oh, tragic. Oh, man. I was like, damn. <laughs> I don't know what Man. just made me think of that, but I just remember that happened, and I was just like, that was cold. And I was so sad. Jeez. <laughs> I was like, I'm glad I didn't bring them any presents from Korea. <laughs> this Yikes. looks like a purple jelly. I don't know. All right. Okay, I learned my lesson with the chestnuts, so don't bash it. Well, I'm just going to go for it. It smells good. I definitely taste the pear. Yeah. I mean, it's got pear texture. So I put it oh. into Google Translate, and it says, squeeze and eat pear bellflower yokan. I don't yeah. know. I don't know what that but is. everything on the ingredient says, it says balloon flower, not bellflower. So I don't know if that's a translation thing. Although it does have ginger in it, so I was right on that. It also has not red fan, bean Not a fan paste. of this texture. Do you like pears? I do, but I can taste the pear. The taste yeah. is not bad. It's the texture, it's the texture. that's bothering it's me. It's a red bean texture. It's a red. It's a. It's a cross between a red bean and a pear. I'm not gonna lie. It reminds me of the roasted chestnut in the package that we ate. That texture, like it's cold okay. and it's soft <laughs> and not a good way. Is this cold? Kind no, of. This is sweeter uh-huh. though. No, I said the taste is good. Yeah, the taste is good. The texture is throwing me off. No, I'm with you. I don't love red bean texture. Um, I know it's like really prevalent in a lot of like Asian foods, East Asian foods, I guess. Um, but it's not my favorite texture or flavor. So I'm glad there's the pear and bellflower slash balloon flower. I like the pear. I like, I like the taste of yeah. it. The texture. So it's once really I get, flavorful. Once I swallow really it. Great. Yeah. <laughs> Everything before then. Not so great. <laughs> Go for it. Sarah has it, arrived. It's definitely very different. Test it out, Sarah. Yeah. I'd be curious what she thinks. I mean, yes, if you can get past the texture of it being some sort of like mushy, pasty kind of soft bar. Like I'm used to like, you know, like gummy tapes or, you know. Uh What is a gummy tape? Oh, like Like if it was a little harder and like a gummy, um, you know. Like a fruit fruit bar. Like a fruit fruit roll up. up. Yeah, yeah. If it was a little harder like that, that it would be perfect. That was wheeled up like that? Yeah. Right. Wow, what a throwback! But, I mean, but it like you said, good. yeah, the, the taste is fine. Oh, it's just what the that texture is killing me. Yeah, it's really not. I hate I'm getting it in used my to mouth. the texture. <laughs> I mean, yes, I am getting used to it. If yeah. every red bean thing tasted like this, I'd be able to do it, but it doesn't. So it's true. I can't. The taste is great. <laughs> Honestly, that's my brain is confused. It tastes so that's, good, but I hate it in my mouth. That's how I felt. My brain was confused the first time I ate kimchi because I was like. It's cold and spicy, and it was the first time I'd ever had something cold and spicy before. So, hmm. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, let's uh, jump into ratings. Oh. Um, Nathan, what what would you give it? Ah, this one's a tough one because, I mean, oh, it's expired. Just, no, it's not. Yeah, is it, it is. No, oh, it is ten twenty six. Because I waited too long. <clears throat> no, well, huh. only a couple. It's only a week. <laughs> All right. Um, I I don't know. I mean, it's it is what it is. It's already. Uh, it is what you know. it is. That's a great way to describe this product. <laughs> it is what it it's, is. It's not what I expected, but it's you know, it's not. I, I wasn't expecting a fruit roll up. Um, so, and the taste is good. Ah, it's tough. I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it a three. Okay. Three out of five. Three out of five. Yeah, I don't think I would be. You know looking for these in the store every time I go or eating them frequently every other time but at, the, <laughs> but at the same time you know if I was really starving and this this was just like a quick fruit bar that you know 
I don't know why they call it candy, though. Because <laughs> it's as sweet as candy, according to probably Korean sensibility. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's got 25 grams of sugar in it. it, it Whoa! Says. So, that's like an American that's candy. Yeah, I mean. It's like an American piece of broccoli. <laughs> I'm giving a, a 2.5 right down the middle. Um, All right. I see time texture. to fix your math. Yeah, I've got. I'm, <laughs> if people want to listen to me math better, don't listen to any of these episodes prior. <laughs> um, yeah, that texture is just crushing me. and But then the taste is so good going down. So that's why I have to put it right down the middle because I'm like, it's horrible going in, but it's great. <laughs> Going further in, I guess I should say. Gross. That's not, that's what? not how I want to hear you describe cool. food. Well, it's on record now. Yuck. I need a, a an appropriate sound effect for that. Wah, wah, wah. That's not, not appropriate for a yuck sound. Um, yeah. I'm going to give it a... I think I'm going to give it a three. It's, mm. uh, it's not bad. It's I would never choose it, but I wouldn't be annoyed. I would be annoyed if I got this for like Halloween. I'd be like, oh on, yeah, we try mm-hmm. to do. Sure. Um, but it, so I thought like, because it's like, it is firm and a little squishy. I thought it was going to be more like a fig Newton or something like that. Mm. But it's like a, it's like a fig Newton where the jelly is on the outside. Yeah. But hardened and it's, further. Yeah. So it's a little more red bean. Yeah, I don't know. It's not it's not amazing. It's not bad. So yeah, three out of five. I would eat this again and not complain. Uh hey, it's got two much. grams of protein. Whoa, proteins. Two right. grams of protein, twenty five grams of sugar. Twenty five thousand grams of sugar. We're dead. Twenty five kilos of sugar. And I haven't really looked this up. I have no clue what agar is. So Yikes. It's where... the new character on the Lord of the Rings show. <laughs> oh, that's Adar. Sorry. <laughs> Crushed it. All right. Where where can All people right. find us? Nathan? You can find me at Nolock on Instagram. <laughs> Why? Us? You? Everyone else? He asked where you can find us, and you're like, I don't oh, care about us. us. You well, can find me, me though. <laughs> that's the show goodbye <laughs> hey what what happened to centering ourselves <laughs> yeah you know what, that, right you know what? all right that's, that's the show absolutely all right point. we'll see you next week <laughs> <laughs> that was hilarious okay now but for real <clears throat> okay they can find us at john chi show and all the social media platforms they can find us on facebook at the after party john chi show after party i don't know what the <laughs> title of it is um they can also send us an email to john show at justlikemedia.com if they want to talk to us that way you can also leave us a voicemail by calling 972-877-8867 Ooh, no oh, i think shoot. it's 972 i'm not i don't know it's board. in the show notes <laughs> <laughs> um, you can call that number wait are you not are notes. you not by the thing no i'm not by the thing oh uh, no hold on wait 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 it is uh, what is it 972-677-8867 i was close you go were back. close in go my back head on the tape <laughs> in my head i was like 972-92 wait that's my phone number right. not the yeah. Um, okay, go to that number. If you want to leave us a voicemail, we'll play it on the show. We'll answer your questions or we'll bask in your praise or cower under your criticism. I don't know. It could be any Ooh, one of those things. Yeah, um, there's no prompt. So. <laughs> if you do like the show, we would love it if you give us a five-star review or rating or whatever you can on Apple or on Spotify. And if you really like the show, we'd love it if you could support us by going to johnsyshow.com backslash store or backslash support. There are numerous ways that you can support us there. Um, oh, we oh, have new merch. We have there new will merch. Be some new. By the time this launches, there should be some new stuff on there. What, I promised what, what? at the live show. What kind of new go. stuff yeah. is going to be in there? Can we oh. tell them or was it a secret? No, we sure. can tell well, them. I mean, it at least even our two, idea. two of the things that I wanted to put up there is the metal cups. So there will be some metal cups, and then um, the other one is an apron. I'm giving credit to Eric. I'm pretty sure he was like, "You guys should have aprons," and I was like, "Either oh, we should have aprons." Either it, so yeah, or could have even could have even been Hannah. I don't know. Actually, I don't I'm know. trying to remember. Shout hey, out to whoever was in person and told us. We've <laughs> Sorry, drank a lot of soju since then. We did drink a lot of soju. 
Oh, soju mixed with lemonade. I don't know how I feel about that. No, that was... Oh, wait, did you have lemonade soju? We had yogurt soju down on the Oh, yeah, we had yogurt soju. What? Good. Yeah. yeah. I did not like it. I was like, what is this? I want the pure oh, soju. I what is this? This is getting mix? too long for an you just outro. Don't like, you just don't like murky drinks. That's why. <laughs> I, okay. Actually, that might have been. That might have been. Okay. Anyways. It if tasted you like find, seven up. It was delicious. I hated yeah. it. If you want to find me personally, you can do that at Patrick in the world on Instagram or on LinkedIn or anywhere else. Nice. If you want to find me, you can find me at KJ Relke, wherever I want to be found on the internet. As a bonus feature, I will say my URL is kjrelke.online, wherever oh. I want to be found on the internet. So, yeah. There you go. It's fine. And the K stands for Caleb. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is legally accurate. Thank you, Nathan. Right. <laughs> What's the J stand for? Junte. Oh, he, he forgot. Oh. He forgot. What? No, I was gonna say it, but he, I thought he was gonna. Nope. I thought you were asking or something. Yeah, because it's, it's, it's in his song. Other side note: I got to see Blackpink. That was amazing. Oh, uh, I forgot. We didn't talk about that. Yeah, Frick. next we time. Gotta, next time. We gotta have another episode. You Shit. didn't even post about it. No, I didn't. How dare you? Sorry. How can I live vicariously through you if you don't post you're right. about it? You're right. You're right. I was busy living in the moment. All right, well, Nathan, you said where you could find yourself <laughs> earlier, but where can they find you? Yes, they can still find me at Noak. Uh, yes. <laughs> right, perfect. I'm still there. I'm still there. Okay. But thank you, well, everyone. This is our NOM episode. We probably won't talk about it ever again, but until <laughs> next week when we talk about other stuff. <laughs> no, that's the wrong one. That was, good, that was a good cut in. That was a good drop. Musical drop yeah, cue. It has been a long time since we've done an outro. Right, whatever. Until next week, John Chi. Hey yo. Hey ho. Hey yo. Hey, 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 hey,